G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and welcome to episode 46 of the WP Elevation podcast. This week's feature guest is Pippin Williamson from Pippin's Plugins. Of course, the man behind Restrict Content Pro, Easy Digital Downloads, and more recently, Affiliate WP. Uh, you will have come across at least one of those products or Pippin's plugins tutorials in the last four or five years unless you have been living under a rock or unless you discovered WordPress yesterday and this is your first WordPress podcast, in which case you are forgiven. Anyway, this week Pippin is giving away an unlimited license of Restrict Content Pro valued at $155 and an unlimited license of Affiliate WP valued at $199. So stick around for details on how to enter that competition a little bit later on. And Pippin is going to talk to us a lot about passion and focus and why it's so important. When I first met Pippin at Pressnomics a couple of years ago, I knew of Pippin and I thought, well, I just assumed that he was in his 40s because of what he'd achieved. He was 23 when I met him, uh, which blew me away. And it just goes to prove with some passion and some laser-like focus what you can achieve. It's a fabulous interview. I hope you enjoy meeting Pippin as much as I did. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals, which you can now get for $1 for your first month. That's right, you can take Video User Manuals, the plug-in for a spin for one month and install it on some client sites and see how it works and see the, the true power of this plugin in action for just $1 for your first month. And then, of course, it is $24 a month after that. What does it do? Well, it puts 60 video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them how to use WordPress, how to use WooCommerce, and how to use SEO by Yoast. It is the original, the best, the only way to teach your clients how to use WordPress. You can learn more at wpelevation.com slash VUM. See a video of the plugin in action and learn how it can help you get more clients. All right, the Elevation tip this week is focus. And I'm sure I've already given that tip in the past, but I'm giving it again. Here's the thing I've learned about focus. The more pies you try to bake at the same time, the less chance you've got of baking a really good one. I know that's a strange metaphor or analogy, or maybe it's a simile, I'm not sure. Someone will correct me in the comments, hopefully. But anyway, the point is this. If you focus on one thing and see it right through to the end, you've got a much greater chance of hitting a home run than if you are trying to spin too many plates uh, on sticks. I'm full of metaphors today, aren't I? Um, I've learned a lot from this interview with Pippin. You know, he was trying to solve a particular problem in his business and then just decided to have some extra coffee and sit up one night and wrote three quarters of the Affiliate WP plugin, uh, which now is huge uh, because he decided to focus on solving that problem and uh, got rid of all the distractions and just head down, bum up, fingers on the keyboard and uh, wrote code. So if you are struggling in your business, uh, whether it's you know making products, whether it's client services, whether it's getting clients, whatever it is, I would strongly urge you just to take a step back, ask yourself what you're really passionate about and then just focus on doing that. Hopefully you'll learn a little bit more about that and be a little bit more inspired by this interview with Pippin as well. As I mentioned, he is the man behind Restrict Content Pro. He's the man behind Easy Digital Downloads and the new Affiliate WP plugin. He's also co-host of the Apply Filters WordPress Development Podcast 
and he also teaches plugin development at pippinsplugins.com. He's an overachiever and a really nice guy. Without further ado, and he's giving away some fabulous prizes. Stick around for details on how to uh, win those prizes. But right now, let's go and meet Pippin Williamson. G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Kansas, Pippin Williamson. Hey, Pippin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Troy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. For those that don't know, uh, Pippin is, of course, the man behind Pippin's Plugins. He is co-host of the Apply Filters podcast. He is also uh, founder of Easy Digital Downloads and all-round Mr. WordPress Clever Pants. Uh, I first met you at Pressnomics. Yeah. Um, before we, before actually, before we start talking about uh, WordPress um, and Pressnomics and all that kind of cool stuff and plugins and e-commerce and stuff, um, quick competition announcement: Pippin has very kindly uh, offered to give away a ridiculous prize this week. Two prizes actually: an unlimited license of Restrict Content Pro, valued at one hundred and fifty-five dollars, which is Pippin's awesome membership plugin, and uh, also an unlimited license of Affiliate WP, valued at one ninety nine, which is the new WordPress affiliate plugin. So stick around for details on how to enter the competition a little bit later on. Now, when I first met you at Pressnomics, I was blown away because I thought a man who has achieved this much must be in his 40s easily. And you were like, what, 17 when I met you at Pressnomics? <laughs> oh, no, I, I look 17. Uh, I'm 25 now, so I would have been right. about 22 or 23 at the time. Right. So did we, did, were you just like born programming? Is this like just something that was completely obvious from the minute you were born that this is what you were going to do? It does run in the family a little bit. Uh, my dad's been a, a database designer for small companies around the area since I was probably two or three. So he's been doing it for 25 years or so. Uh, always had computers around the house. I was old, got really interested in robotics early on. Uh, and then that gradually transitioned into programming the robotics, which kind of got me into programming. Uh, and so I'd say it's always been definitely in my blood. So I usually ask this, uh, I usually ask what, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you want to be a programmer or did you have, you know, fantasies of being a fireman or a baseball player? Early on, when I was really little, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Uh -huh. I eventually figured out that I had no skills in baseball whatsoever. <laughs> uh, very few athletic skills. Uh, and once I got a little bit older into high school, I, uh, there was a brief time when I wanted to be a programmer. But mostly I wanted to be a linguist. I wanted to go down and study languages in Central America. Wow. Do you speak any other languages? No. I, I did do some extensive studying of Spanish and a Mayan language from Guatemala, but never to, never to the degree of conversational fluency. Um, right. I think I got to the point where I could get my way around Spanish, but not, not any level of fluency. But it was a lot of fun. When, when did you discover the internet and think, okay, this is something that I'm going to build a career or a business out of? Uh, my family had the internet really early on just because my dad was always so involved with computers and everything online. Um, I didn't start actively using it for, uh, I would say, business means until the end of high school and early college. So when I was around eight, 18 to 20 was when I kind of started getting into it. And that was... Um, getting into basic web design, uh, just building some simple sites here and there, mostly for, for local clients. I built some for some of my dad's clients that he, he had. So he was a freelancer at the time, and he was like, oh, yeah, my son can build you a website. And so I would jump in and, and do that. Um, and that, it was kind of in my junior year of college when I really decided that this is what I was going to do. Did you, did you finish college or did you just blow it I off did. and just – you did, right? 
Yeah, I, I finished it, but the last year and a half to two years was a struggle. Right. Uh, I, I kind of got to the point, it was about the end of my sophomore year when I decided, you know, I don't really want to do this. I don't want to go into linguistics. I don't, I don't want to go into academia or anything. I want to go into programming. But I've got two years, and I'd be kind of sad if I didn't finish. And so I could just kind of forced my way through it. And, and I, I was glad that I finished it. So yeah. I have a degree that hangs on my wall. It's never done anything for me aside from the fact that I know I did. Yeah, yeah. There is something very rewarding about finishing a project, though, isn't there? I was talking to my wife about this other night about, I mean, she just did six years of, of psychology masters. And, you know, we're talking about how the older you get, the harder it is to actually complete projects. It's really easy to start things, but it gets harder sure. to see them through to the end. Do you find it, do you kind of pat yourself on the back and go, I got that linguistics degree, even though I probably do nothing with it? I've never looked back and regretted it. Right. So, I, I mean, there's, there's times when I can think about, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. I don't know if it's, a, to me, if it's ever registered as a huge accomplishment or anything like that, but I've never been disappointed, except for when I'm maybe writing a student loan check. Right. <laughs> of course. Uh, when did you discover WordPress? Do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? Um, kind of. Uh, I got started in... Uh, let's see, it would have been about WordPress 2.8, I think. Mm -hmm. My brother was running a website. He had been into internet and, and doing things on the internet, making his living long before I was, three or four years ahead of me. Uh, and he was running his own personal website in WordPress and got to a point where he wanted to make some changes. And he said, hey, Pip, you're doing some HTML and CSS. You can do all of this. Why don't you make some changes for me? And I logged in and I said, no, thank you. I don't want to, I don't want to touch it. Uh, I, I didn't like the idea of PHP. It kind of scared the bejesus out of me and said, no, thanks. And at, somehow my brother managed to convince me and uh, spent about a week or two and eventually got figured it out and decided I liked it. Wow. Is your brother still working with WordPress? He is. Uh, he he co-owns a website called cgcookie.com, uh -huh. uh, which is a large education company for 3D graphics and 3D modeling. And their entire network of sites is all based on WordPress. Did you, did you flirt with the other open source solutions like Joomla or Mambo or Drupal? I played with Drupal a little and I played with Joomla once because I was interested in entering a competition to build a Joomla plugin. Uh, it, was some of the, it was the early Code Canyon days mm -hmm. when they were really tr trying to build out their marketplace and they were running a Joomla competition and they said, hey, if you want to convert one of your WordPress plugins to Joomla, that, that works. And so I was like, eh, you know, I'll give it a try. I didn't make it past the installation. <laughs> so I gave up. This is a common thread. Just about everyone I've spoken to on the podcast who has tried all the others said WordPress was just the easiest, was like the path of least resistance. And that's why I kept using it. It absolutely was. And at that point, I mean, I was, I would not, if I look back on to what I was then, I would not have classified myself as a developer then. Uh, and so I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was following the one, two, three, four, five step user guide on how to install it. And when I ran into a PHP error, I had no idea what that meant. Uh, I mean, I didn't have any, even the remote, even the slightest clue on how to debug anything like that. And so I just gave up. So how did you, did you have like a, back then, was it like, you know, we, we did have like one resource where you were going to learn the stuff. Were you just spending a lot of time on Stack Overflow or did you find like the, the Tuts Plus or, or were you just Googling around randomly? Uh, I, I was very good at Googling. Uh, and so I had a whole lot of different resources that I used. Uh, NetToots was a huge one. Um, back, back then, the website called ProBlogDesign.com was very active. Uh, and, and that was definitely one of my go-to resources. 
Uh, Stack Overflow is huge. And then a really big one for me at the time was WPAnswers.com. Mm. Or no, sorry, WPQuestions.com. Mm. Uh, it's technically still there. I don't think it's very active. Mm. Uh, and it was kind of a cool system where people could submit a question similar to Stack Overflow, and they would be looking for answers. Uh, and But instead of just getting answers and then voting on what was right, the person asking the question would say, I will pay $20 or $50 or $5 or whatever for a correct answer here. Yeah. And then people submit their answers, and whoever was got the correct one got the prize money. Mm. Uh, and so... I made, I made use of that for getting questions answered, and then I got really interested in doing it as somebody answering questions as well. So where, how did you learn, like, you know, when you learned PHP, look, no, sorry, let me take a step back. At what point did you say, okay, I need to learn how to do this stuff? Because learning PHP and MySQL and, you know, HTML and CSS, it's no, you don't, you don't make a decision like that lightly, do you? I mean, it's quite a learning curve, and it's going to hurt your brain for a while. At what point did you say, okay, no matter what, I'm going to push through and become really good at this? Um, I think it was actually much more gradual. There wasn't necessarily a certain point when I just decided, you know what, I'm going to push through this. Uh, I was, so the first two years or so that I was doing WordPress work, I was doing general client development where I was taking a client project and I was building a site. I was building sites for churches, for small businesses, for coffee shops, et cetera, for bands. Uh, and occasionally they would come to me and say they wanted a custom piece of functionality that I couldn't just install a plugin to do. Um, I mean, so much of the development I was doing was was very much CSS and HTML and then skinning existing plugins, which is the same thing that a lot of people do. Once I got to a point when they wanted more custom features, I started getting into a little bit of plugin development. And it was it was kind of a gradual thing. I, I figured out how to, for example, okay, so just as an example, this I had a client project that wanted the ability to upload fonts to the website, and they wanted to apply a font to any element on their site. At the time, Google Fonts was maybe there. It was brand new, and it was basically Kufon and whatever the uh, one of the other Sifa, Sifa, yeah, Cifa. those were the only real options that were available for custom fonts aside from ones just hard coded in the CSS. And so I, I built this feature, and I just kind of learned enough PHP to to get through it. So like I learned how to build a settings page in WordPress. And most of that was going through other tutorials and examples that people had put together and not necessarily understanding it. Got to a point where it could work, and I could say, well, I know that this chunk does this and this chunk does this, but I don't really understand it. Um, and after I did that enough times, I would slowly get to the point where like, oh, I know what that chunk is doing. I know what that is doing. And I realized, I think I realized that I could write PHP when I started being able to actually write those kinds of things from scratch without simply copying, pasting, and then renaming variables. Yeah, and, and this is really interesting because, um, you know, you know, you said, like, you, you know, you come across a piece of functionality that you can't just install a plugin, so then you need to write some code. That's where most people have bought Mission or they go hire someone at Odesk to do it themselves, right? Um, yeah. So even, even copying and pasting slabs of code and getting it to work still most people won't then keep going until they realize that they can start with a blank document and write PHP from scratch. And then on top of that, you actually now teach how, you actually now teach plugin development, right? Sure. So we've kind of skipped ahead in the script, but that's okay. Um, at what point did you then say, you know what, I know enough about this that I'm going to teach other people how to do it? You know, it's kind of funny because... Uh, I actually look back on it, and I wrote that very first plugin, which was really my first foray into a little bit more advanced PHP. 
uh, I wrote the plugin and then I promptly wrote a tutorial on how to do it, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really understand the ins and outs of how it worked, but I understood it enough to say, well, here's the code that you need and this will get you there. And I mean, I can look back and say, well, that may not have been the best way to do it because I didn't know things. Uh, I didn't necessarily know if the code was secure. I didn't know if it was performant. I didn't know about some of those details, but I think it was okay because it gave me that push to go ahead and, and keep going. Um, I think one of the best ways for people to learn, whether it's PHP or Ruby or any programming language or, or any skill, it doesn't even have to be programming, is to jump into where you're not comfortable and push forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so in this case, I, I wrote a tutorial on how to do it, and then I got people asking questions that I had no idea what the answer was. <laughs> and so I had to go figure it out. Uh, and, and maybe that meant I was Googling it, maybe I was asking other people for help, but you're, you're kind of, you put yourself into a situation where you have to figure it out. It's kind of like taking a client project where they ask you if you can do something and you say, yes, absolutely. I'm thinking inside, I have no idea how this works. I don't yeah. know any idea how to do this. Yeah. I sure as heck hope I'm not committing suicide here. <laughs> when you nervous though, like when you publish that tutorial and you put that plug oh, yeah. in out, when you're nervous that people are going to like email you and go, hey dude, you don't know what the freaking hell you're talking about here. This plugin is rubbish. You can't teach this stuff. You're all backwards. I still worry about that. Right. <laughs> uh, at the time, I was very fortunate, actually, because I had a roommate. Uh, this is when I was in college, and my brother and I were living in a house together, and we put up an ad on Craigslist and said, hey, we'd like a roommate. Uh, we're, we're techies. We, we work online, and uh, we're looking for someone to live with us for the summer. And we got an applicant, and it turns out that he was an advanced PHP developer that worked for the university. And so here I was, like, just learning some really basic PHP developer when looking over my shoulder was this really, really advanced developer that is still miles and miles and miles away from where I will ever be. Uh, and so he was able to kind of look through it and be like, oh, well, you should do this or this or this is okay. Um, and that was awesome. It was some of, I mean, having, I, I still look back at him as, as a mentor. Uh, even though I don't work with him today, I don't even, I don't, I rarely talk to him today. I still look back as, he was one of the original mentors in my early development career. Mm. And I think that helps a lot, having somebody that you look up to and that you can bounce those advanced questions off of. Mm, absolutely. How do you describe what you do in one sentence, thinking about, thinking about your business today, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in detail. But when someone meets you for the first time, they say, hey, Pippin, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch, so to speak? I try to write software to make it easier for people to sell stuff online, in this case, digital products. Um, don't always succeed, but that's what I try to do. Nice. And what do you what do you spend? I like this because you know the kind of your elevator pitch is um, really specific about who you help, and you're kind of really specific about the benefit that you're offering them as well. So I I write software that makes it easier for people to sell stuff online. So if you're a bricks and mortar business and you haven't got a website, I probably can't help you. But if you're selling stuff online and you're having some challenges, I can probably help you. Yes, I like it. I, when I, when I first started, I was just doing anything and everything. I mean, uh, whatever the client project was, whatever the plugin was, it didn't really matter. I figured out maybe two years ago that I really liked focusing on one thing and I looked, liked focusing on an area. Um, and that, I mean, it, it allowed me to not only get rid of distractions, but also to, 
to hone my own knowledge and my own skills in that area to make it better and better and better instead of trying to do the kitchen sink. Yeah, which, yeah, uh, this is really interesting. And we're going to talk more about this, about about focus. Weren't you afraid of missing out though? Like, like most entrepreneurs have this kind of, you know, I say that most entrepreneurs suffer two things, shiny object syndrome and fear of missing out. Weren't you like, well, if I just focus on this, then I'm going to miss out on all this other stuff that's going on over here? Absolutely. Uh, I still see that. I mean, this is why I have side projects that I work on. Uh, There's a whole there's a whole number of plugins, uh, both free and commercial that I've worked on because of the the shiny object syndrome. I'm sitting here working on easy digital downloads. And all of a sudden, a thought pops into my head that says, Oh, I should build that. That would be kind of fun. And so I get distracted for a day. And I Mm -hmm. go and build that. The nice thing is being able to go off, divert to some other path, do something for, for a day or two, and then come back. And have that same project, that ongoing project that I'm working on for for years at a time that's slowly moving forward, but still having the freedom to go and do something else for a day or two or a week. Mm. Um, I think that helps a lot. What do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? Are you on the tools coding or are you just doing biz dev, customer support? Uh, I, I'd say I split it three ways. Um, 30% development, mm-hmm. trying to uh, fix bugs, build new features, et cetera. At least 30%, maybe more, on customer support. That mm-hmm. might be as high as 50%. Uh, and then another 20 to 30% uh, doing the business side of things, um, from the financials to the marketing to whatever else you have. How big how big's the team at the moment? Uh, there are five of us that are, some of us are full-time, some of us are part-time. Okay, and the there, focus... I, and the focus is, 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 is primarily easy digital downloads, yeah? Uh, it's primarily easy digital downloads with a secondary focus on affiliate WP. Okay. We're going to talk about um, those products in a, in a moment. What's the one thing that keeps you awake at night, business-related? <laughs> trying to figure out how to, how to run the business in such a way that I can disappear for a week at a time if I need to without uh-huh. things crashing down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have you figured that uh-huh. out yet? Getting closer. Uh, the, 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 the biggest challenge that I had for the longest time was figuring out how, what do we do with customer support if I leave. Uh, I've always been very involved with customer support. Uh, I, everything that I've started has, was started with just me. I never started anything with a team of people. Mm-hmm. I brought more people on as things got bigger and bigger. Uh, and that's been hugely important for the overall success of the, of the business uh, and the products. Um, but because I've always been so involved, it's it's been difficult for me to kind of step away and say, well, I'm not going to help with customer support anymore because I, I feel that personal connection to helping users, to helping customers, et cetera. And so even when we, there are people available to take care of all of those issues or answer questions, like I'm still finding myself jumping in. And uh, I actually had one of my support guys recently tell me, I have to be faster because it makes me sad every time I see you jump on a ticket. And I was like, well, I like to, I like to answer tickets sometimes. Uh, and so I think overall, I just about got to the point where I can step away for a week or a few days if need be. Why do you like answering support tickets? Is it, is it because it gives you an idea of how people are using the product and how you can make it better in the future? Or is it just that you like being the founder who reaches out and answers a support ticket and the customer goes, wow, the founder actually answered a support ticket? All of the above. Right. Uh, I, I really like knowing how people are using a product uh, I like to know what the challenges are. 
Uh, I like to know where the pain points are, where the good things are. Uh, I, I don't ever like to hear what the bad things are that people have to say, but I understand it's very important to hear. Mm. Um, I like the personal touch. I've Everything I've always worked on, I've always branded very personally. Uh, I mean, whether it's Pippin's plugins or or some of the, the offshoot products, everything has always been very personal for me. Uh, and, and I like that, both from a customer relationship, a branding standpoint. Um, and I like to feel involved. Um, what do you, what do you do when you're not working? How do you, how do you stay balanced? Uh, so I try to, I usually classify not working as not in front of my computer screen. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that I'll do, uh, even like outside of the main, the main products and the main business, there's things that I like to do that are still programming oriented. Uh, I like to work on WordPress core. I like to write other plugins for fun. Uh, I like to experiment with other programming languages, but Outside of the computer, uh, I really like biking, uh, so I do a lot of a lot of road biking, and I try to do a little mountain biking. There's not a whole lot in the area that I am in. Uh, I recently got into running a lot, and mm. I like uh, I really like woodworking, and so I've been putting yeah I've been putting together a wood shop in my basement and oh. slowly trying to work on little projects. It's been kind of an ongoing hobby. Awesome. Yeah. Next time I'm Let's in see. the state. Next time I'm in the states, come I'm on by. Come, I want to come and see your workshop, man. Sure, dude. That's awesome. It's slowly coming together. <laughs> Brilliant. If you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in the business right now, what would it be? Um, I, I would say the volume of support requests. Mm. Uh, either the volume or the efficiency with which they can be handled. Okay. Uh, it's it's the, it's the number one challenge that we face day to day is is simply managing support requests. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, whether it's me or someone else on the team, there are always questions coming in, uh, and and either either they're problems that people are having, or they're just questions, or or whatever they are. There's always questions that come in, and so there always has to be someone there to manage them. And if I could figure out how to automate twenty percent of those, it'd be amazing. Automate answers in some way, or provide a better way for people to to find the answers to their questions without ever even needing to open a support ticket. So, uh, so what is it? Is, is it like uh, so? Do you, what do you use for your support desk? Uh, we actually use two different things. We use help um, help scout uh -huh. for a lot of it, and then we also use a custom BB Press instance, uh -huh. uh, just a, a public support form for that's all of EDD and affiliate WP is all in Help Scout. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very customized. We've done a lot of custom work on it in terms of just tweaking functionality, building support dashboards, et cetera. Um, it's been kind of cool being able to see the advantages of both worlds, uh, both, both systems, for example, like help scout's been awesome because I'd say it's more efficient and we have better reporting tools, uh, that we can look at, uh, efficiency of staff, efficiency, of, like how many tickets that come in, et cetera. BB press is awesome because we can do anything we want to it. Because yeah. it's an open code base, hmm. uh, and so there's definitely unique advantages to both. Do you have like a knowledge base set up in in Help Scout? Is is that? Uh, we don't for EDD. Uh, we're starting to do that for Affiliate WP. We don't actually do it through Help Scout. We do it through our own documentation pages. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely a pain point uh, mm -hmm. because it's it's something that it that is ongoing, and you have to contribute to it every single week, mm -hmm. or it becomes outdated. Mm -hmm. You've got quite a few products on the go, and you've got quite a few things that you do. As I mentioned in the introduction, you're co-host of the Apply Filters podcast. You've got 
Restrict Content Pro, you've got Easy Digital Downloads, you've got Affiliate WP. I remember having a conversation with you a long time ago, actually on Twitter, I think about um, affiliate stuff for Easy Digital Downloads. And you were like, yeah, you know, that's a problem that needs to be solved. Maybe I'll solve it one day. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should work on this together. And then, you know, the conversation didn't go anywhere. And then like six months later, you're like, oh, I'm launching Affiliate WP. And I'm like, yes, awesome. He actually did it. I didn't expect you to do that at all. Yeah. How do you... Uh I was going to say, how do you know? Like, how do you know what's an idea worth throwing resources at, and how do you know when you know something is just not going to fly? So I have a couple of ways. My my first one is simply I don't build anything anymore unless I have an, a personal interest in it. Right. Uh, I've I've built a lot of different things that I built them just because somebody said that would be great, and then I discovered that very quickly that I had no interest whatsoever in the product, so I had no interest in maintaining it. I didn't have any interest in supporting it, and it eventually just died. Uh, and so. Everything that I work on now, at least I try to have a personal interest in it uh, or so, some personal motivation behind it. Um, in, ca- in the case of Affiliate WP, uh, it actually just made perfect sense. Uh, I, For one, affiliate marketing is obviously a, a huge industry. Uh, and so it was very – to me, it didn't seem like it was a question on whether or not it could do well. It was just a matter of whether we built it to do well. Mm. Uh, but it also made – it was easy for me to – Put the resource in to build it because uh, number one, we could do uh, direct integrations with Easy Digital Downloads and Restrict Content Pro. Mm-hmm. So I had my own customer base already that we could already push it to. Uh, but we also, based on my own experience, I was really unhappy with all of the affiliate systems that we already had for WordPress, mm. and we would constantly be getting requests in the EDD support systems for what's the affiliate system I should use, or this one's not working. Do you have an alternative? Uh, and eventually I just realized, you know, wait, there's a ton of people that are asking for this and I never have a good answer. I don't ever have an answer that I like to give people because I don't like telling someone, well, you should use this because it's the best there is. It still sucks. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And, and I was just, I mean, I have not tried every system out there. So I know there's a lot that, uh, that are definitely going to work well for people. My own personal experience, I hadn't had one that worked. And so I looked at it and I said, I know from my own customer base that if we were to build this, we could make it successful, even just on our own customer base. But now, if we build it in such a way that it could go beyond our customer base and go to the customer base of WooCommerce, of WP Commerce, of JigoShop, of Shop, Paid Memberships Pro, Wishlist, Member Mouse, et cetera, all of these other membership and e-commerce systems, if we could attack everyone well, my customer base is tiny in comparison to some of theirs. Mm. And so I, immediately, I, I could tell just on that, there's obviously a market for it. Um, and, and that was, that's really how I looked at Affiliate WP to decide, should I build this? And I spent a couple months kind of toying around with it, playing, doing a little here and there. And then I finally had, I think I had one support question that was related to another system. And it just like threw me against the wall. I was so mad at the system and I said, Okay, I've had enough. I'm going to sit down, and I wrote like three quarters of the plugin that night. Really? And yeah, and then and then I spent about a month, I think about a month, uh, tweaking it and refining it before we pushed out version 1.0. But so how, yeah. how do you how do you how do you like? You know, we have these conversations all the time in house, and it's like you, you've got a lot going on, right? Plus, you've got a young family. How do you, how do you make a decision? Like, okay, I'm going to take some time out of my already incredibly stupid schedule to write a new product like ha- well we can look at it in a couple of ways number one is we could say all right i'm just not going to sleep tonight i'm going to drink a whole lot of coffee i'm going to stay up 
wait, as soon as, as soon as my daughter and wife go to bed, I'm going to sit down in the living room and I'm going to try to write some code. Uh, we can look at it that way, but we can also look at it in the, if we look at the, the kind of requests that we get, the support issues that we handle based on what is already there in the system, so other affiliate systems that we integrate with, and say, well, we have problems with this every single month, and we get no, we get no pushback for it, or very, very little pushback for it in terms of revenue for the business, and yet we're pumping time into it. And so if I can take X number of hours to, to, to get something built, that will dramatically lessen those requests, but also dramatically increase the overall revenue of the business. To me, that seems like a win-win. Mm, smart. And do do you, do you like what's the do do you have like a do you have like doubts that okay if I build this and then nobody buys it it's a complete waste of time or do you have like a kind of a a marketing strategy already in place before you build it so you know okay as soon as version one's ready this is what we're going to do to get some traction straight away. Uh. I think early on, I looked at it and wasn't really sure what the the kind of traction we'd be able to get with it was. Uh, while I was building it, I was trying to, I mean, build up, do the standard things like build up a newsletter for it early on, uh, get get a decent email list built up, uh, build up some hype for it. But for, at least for for this one, I was not too worried about the overall response that we were going to get from from the target audience. Uh, mostly because I knew that based on the, the kinds of people that the kind of customers that we'd interacted with before in the EDD support forums, I knew that even if we don't get any of our existing customers, we'll have new customers that are interested in it because a lot of people will come to EDD and they say, I really like the system. Now what should I use for the affiliates? And honestly, we could tell them to use the worst system available and they would still use it mm. because they were happy with what we had built. And mm. so they were going to trust our word on it. Mm. Uh, and it's it's kind of it's the, I guess the rule of the, of maybe the, like the referral business. I mean, in terms of they already built up the trust for us. We established trust in their eyes for them because we built something that worked well for them. And so whatever we told them to use, they were going to use. Mm. Now in this case, if we could tell them to use our own product that just happened to complement it, it was going to work out well. Do you, are most people using um, Affiliate WP and Easy Digital Downloads, do you think they're consultants who are building solutions for clients or do you think they're end users who are just kind of grabbing solutions themselves and putting stuff together themselves? It's definitely a combination of both. Um, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, a lot of times we'll, we usually interact in, in the support with who's ever building it. But we don't, unless they explicitly tell us Hey, I'm building this for a client. We mm. don't necessarily know. Right. Uh, I mean, sometimes. Usually, if someone has a developer's license or access to unlimited sites for the license keys, we can usually guess it's probably a, somebody building things for clients. Mm. Just because most people don't have a personal need for that if they're building something for themselves. And so, is the is the bulk of the sales for say EDD, for example, in you know single site license or or, or uh, developer licenses? Uh, the bulk's actually single site. Right. At least, at least in this terms of number of sales. For those that don't know what we're talking about or have been living under a rock for the last five years, Easy Digital Downloads, tell, me, tell, tell us how that's different to WooCommerce and, sure. wh and why there was a need for it. Sure. So, okay, uh, WooCommerce is an e-commerce is an e plugin for selling anything and everything on top of WordPress. So if you want to sell CDs, you want to sell T-shirts, you want to sell coffee mugs, you want to sell laptops... If you want to sell services, doesn't matter. WooCommerce can do it. It is a phenomenal platform. 
Easy Digital Downloads is a similar e-commerce plugin, but it is purely focused on the sale of digital products. So if you're selling software or you're selling music, downloadable music, uh, or anything similar, anything that is in a digital format is what Easy EDD is for. Uh, the original need for it for me came out of wanting to sell my own WordPress plugins. So I started selling on Code Canyon, and which was an, a marketplace from Envato, and it worked great. I eventually realized I wanted to sell on my own. I didn't necessarily like the extra overhead that things like WooCommerce or some of the other e-commerce plugins had because they had so much functionality that was very vitally important to a lot of people but had no purpose if you're selling a digital product. I don't need shipping. Personally, I didn't need taxes. I know some, some people will, depending on where you live. Uh, I didn't need a lot of those types of features, so I needed something much slimmer. And that's where the focus came in was my own personal need. Uh, and I realized that a lot of other people had that same kind of need to only sell a digital product. If you're selling a WordPress plugin, you don't care about shipping. You don't care about things like that. Uh, and because WooCommerce and all of the other e-commerce plugins are designed around the overall need of selling e-commerce, which usually has to do with shipping, um, they also not only do they have a lot of other features you don't need, but they have a lot of features that you maybe do need. Or sorry, they don't have features that you need for e-commerce or for digital e-commerce or that you might want. So things like really uh, extended download tracking, like tracking when customers download, where they download from, how many times they've downloaded, setting download limits per product, per the site, per the customer, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> having things like, inter like li selling license keys, mm. um, things that are more focused towards digital goods, uh, being able to have uh, multiple files that you can purchase at a time associated with, with a product, being able to set files that are specific to individual price options, all of these other different features that are specific to digital products. Now, WooCommerce and all the other e-commerce plugins can do digital products really, really well. We just decided to focus on it, mm. uh, and that's the only thing we did. And it, I think it worked out well. Uh, whether or not ours has more features for digital products and theirs have less both work really well, but it's still, it has, it's worked out well as a target and niche because there is some cool things that we can do when we ignore all of the nuances that come with selling physical products. And your model, and I'm not sure if WooCommerce was around before EDD, it's kind of irrelevant, but what's- WooCommerce was first. Right, so what's interesting is WooCommerce, EDD, now exchange from iThemes, where this model is, you know, um, give the mothership away for free, uh, but charge for the lifeboats, yeah? <laughs> it's kind of an interesting I just, model. I just, I just made that metaphor up then. It's kind of a bit scary, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's a little scary, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like flying It's kind of like flying with Southwest, isn't it? Like the ticket's 10 bucks, but to get a seat's an extra 50, to get a drink's an That's extra right. 50. Right? Oh, you want to take luggage with you? Yeah. Another 15. Uh, so it, the, the overall model in, is... We give the core plugin away for free, and it's 100% functional. You can use it as is. You don't need anything else. But if you want more specialized features or features that are not necessarily applicable to the wider market, then there are things that you can pay for. There are add-ons or extensions that you can purchase. For example, if you want to process payments through Stripe.com, uh, a very popular payment processor for processing credit cards, then you can purchase an add-on that allows you to do that. If you want to... Uh, subscribe your users to MailChimp. You can purchase an add-on for that. Or if you want to subscribe your users to Campaign Monitor, 
or to Mad Mimi or one of these other newsletters. We have add-ons for each one of those. We could build them into the core plugin, but not every user uses MailChimp. Not everybody uses Mad Mimi. And so making them separate, we can allow people to really fine-tune the features that they need specific to their site. So how do you, with support, like, you know, I would be scared giving away a free plugin that does something as powerful as EDD and then going, well, we're just going to get swamped with support. If I get the plugin for free, do I then kind of have equal billing in the support forums as someone who's maybe spent 300 bucks on extensions? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the simple answer is no. As a business, we have to be a little bit harsh and blunt uh, when, when we decide who gets a priority. And if you spent $300 with us, you absolutely get a priority over someone who doesn't, who hasn't spent a dime. Uh, now, that being said, we absolutely help those customers or those users that have never spent any money with us for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I want to help them. I want them to have a good experience with this product. Uh, I don't ca- I mean, I would love for you to come spend money with us, but even if you never do, I'm still happy to help you. Now, there are limits to how much I will help you or how much my team will help you, but we will still help you. Um, one of the, aside from just wanting to help people and wanting people to have a good experience, providing top-notch support to users that have never purchased anything is one of the best ways to encourage somebody to actually purchase something I've experienced. Mm. Let's say, for example, I spend an hour helping somebody who's a free user in the support forms, and we resolve the issue, and they're thrilled. And then they come back and ask, well, um, is there a way to do this? And I tell them, yes, there is, but it's a $29 upgrade if you would like to do it. Because they've already had that great experience, they, they're... The decision that they have to make to spend that $29 is suddenly much easier because they've already established a level of trust that says, oh, these people are going to help me, as opposed to coming in cold, deciding to make an investment, and then finding out, oh, they're not here to help me at all. I like it. Uh, I've been, someone's been tweeting recently that you know, um, customer support is the best sales skill that you can develop. I think it is. Yeah. I agree. Um, where where did EDD come in the in the kind of suite of products? For those that don't know, was it was was Restrict Content Pro your first thing, yes. and then EDD, and then Affiliate WP? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the order of things. I mean, Restrict Content Pro definitely wasn't the very first. It was it's what I call my first bigger one. It's right. one of the ones that's been around for a while that I've really focused on for several years now. It's about three and a half to four years old now. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I think it was about a year and a half when EDD came about, mm-hmm. uh, and then Affiliate WP is brand new which it's three months old and again with with restrict content pro you know um noisy marketplace lots of membership plugins kind of out there doing a similar thing what what made you think i can do something here that is different and that is going to cut through and is going to get some traction uh at the time i would say i was naive when i built it (laughs) i didn't know better uh so i built it originally for my own need, I wanted to sell memberships to my own site for plugin development tutorials, mm-hmm. and I didn't find one that I liked using. So I tried a couple other membership plugins, and I just didn't find one that I liked. Uh, now, looking back on it now, I realized that I did not try all the ones that were available. And so maybe if I had done my research a little better, I would have found one that I liked, and I never would have built RCP. I, have, I don't know, because I didn't do it. I, I made the decision to go ahead and build it myself. Do I regret building it? Absolutely not. Uh, overall, it's been as successful as a product, and it's been one of my best development experiences um, because I started it early enough before some of my PHP skills were maybe a little bit more refined, 
And so looking, I was, a, I was able to take it, build something, come back a year later and realize, oh, that's terrible. Let's rebuild it to be better. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of cool for me because I can look back on it and it's, it's like a complete history of my own personal development skills because it started early on. Then I was able to go back and, fix, and improve it, add to it, rebuild, et cetera. And now overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I think I got sidetracked a little bit. I'm not sure if that answered your question. <laughs> no, it did answer the question. I think you, you answered it straight off is that you were naive and you just kind of went ahead and built it. Yes. H how does it, you know, how does it differ from a, from a member mouse or a member press or a wish list? I mean, it just seems like there's a new membership plugin popping up, you know, every week in the WordPress space. Frankly, I've been disappointed. I haven't used uh, RCP, I must, uh, I must um, admit, but I've been disappointed with just about all of them that I've used. There's not one that I actually think is just great out of the box, but... How, do, how, does, how does RCP differ and, sure. and you know, why should anyone pay any attention to it? Well, I think, first of all, I think everybody's going to be disappointed with just about every one of them in some way. Mm. And the reason being is because every single one of them sucks in their own way yeah. in some form or other. Mm. I, I can tell you lots of ways that RCP is terrible. Right. <laughs> um, my, my main thing for RCP, and, and if I was to tell you the thing that it does well, is that it's much simpler. Uh, it, it simplifies. It doesn't try to do tons and tons of advanced membership features. So as an example, it, it doesn't do trip content. It doesn't do advanced upgrades or transfers between subscription levels. Uh, it doesn't do a lot of those things. It, it doesn't do a la carte memberships. It's one membership per user. Uh, but if those are not features that you need, then it can work very, very well for you. If you want to sell gold, silver, and bronze membership levels, basically A, B, and C, and you want people to subscribe to one of them and pay a monthly or a yearly fee and be able to lock content down to those membership levels, yeah, it'll work for you. And that's exactly what it does. It doesn't try to do a lot of advanced features that a lot of membership plugins do. Uh, and some people see that as, as a weakness. I have customers that come and say, well, why doesn't it do this? Well, one answer is because I simply haven't built it. Mm. Uh, the other answer is because I like to keep things simple. Um, I, I, as a personal mantra, I've always tried to keep things simpler than than they might otherwise be if I was to build in a whole bunch of other features. Mm. I like there's kind of a common thread between, and I want to talk about the podcast in a minute. There's a common thread, I think, between what you're doing is you get really specific about the problem you're trying to solve and you just focus really narrowly on solving that problem or that set of that subset of problems. You don't try and be everything to everyone, which kind of leads me to the podcast, Apply Filters, which is a, a fairly new podcast. 21 episodes in, why another bloody WordPress podcast? I mean, again, I mean, I'm one of them. There's a WordPress sure. podcast popping up at every street corner, and here we are, Pippin starting another one, which is a development podcast, right? But why another yep. WordPress podcast? In, in this case, it was because, uh, actually, I, I didn't have the original idea started. Uh, it was Brad Tanark came to me and said, hey, would you want to start a podcast with me? But we both had the same idea, and that was that we wanted to have a podcast where we could just talk about development. We could talk about the nitty gritty details of code and not worry about alienating anybody who wasn't a developer that was listening. So we put the podcast out as this is for developers. If you're not a developer, you're welcome to listen, but we make no promises that you're gonna get anything out of it. Yeah, or that and, you're gonna be able to understand anything. <laughs> sure, and, and honestly, the, and the reason was not because there weren't times that we could talk about development. I mean, because I've, I've been on podcasts before where we are able to get into some of the more uh, in-depth details of, some, of how the code works or problems in code. 
but not on an ongoing basis. It was more like, here's five minutes here, here's five minutes here. And Brad and I both really just like geeking out and talking about code. Uh, and so it kind of made sense. And we figured our audience is really small. We're not trying to do it to make money. Uh, we're not trying to do it to, to build up any extra revenue stream or anything like that. We just, we like talking code and we like talking to other developers in the community. And, and so it was a real, it's a, I think it was a good way for us to, to reach out to other developers. Uh, like for example, last week we had Zach Katz, who's a gravity forms developer for extensions come on and just talk about what are his problems in development? What has he learned? What are some of his tricks? What is he like, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of the, the extended reason for why another podcast. What's the biggest challenge you've got with, with running a podcast? Scheduling was the hardest for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall our technology is super simple. We both have, we have decent microphones and we talk on Skype or Google Hangouts and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. We record, record the audio in the background. Uh, <clears throat> but beyond that, it was figuring out when can we do this? Uh, how can we schedule episodes? How can we schedule guests, et cetera? Because we are, we're running businesses. Mm. Uh, I run a business, he runs a business, and most of the people that we're bringing on are either working full-time for themselves or for another company. How do we figure this out? And our answer was simply, we're going to record at the same exact time every other week because that way it becomes part of our natural schedule. And we're not trying to fit it in. Instead, we're scheduling things around it because it just happens. Uh, and once we figured that out, then it was pretty easy sailing. Uh, I'm just looking at the site now. It's for, it's beautiful, actually. It's a it's a great theme. Uh, where do you get your transcriptions done? Uh, the transcriptions actually come from someone that Brad found, I think, on Odesk or cool. another freelancing service. We just looked, put on an ad that said, "Hey, we'd like to hire a transcriber," and somebody applied, and they did a great job. Nice, awesome. It was actually it was kind of funny because I did not expect that to be a requested feature, and yet, like, quite a few people have come and said, "I love the fact that you have transcriptions." Yeah. We, we started We started out, we didn't do transcriptions, now we do, because for that reason, a lot of people were requesting it, but we've also found that it's boosted our search traffic by having the transcription, yeah. so that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Hey, we should talk about our elevation round. For those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program for WordPress consultants, so if you're building websites for clients using WordPress, WP Elevation is the place to be. I'm going to ask Pippin a series of quick questions, and Pippin's going to give us a series of quick, mind-blowing, game-changing answers off the top of his head. No pressure. <laughs> All right, what's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? Try to, try to figure out how to do something you really, really love. Mm. Uh, I mean, whatever kind of development or work that you're doing, whether you're doing it for, for clients or you're starting a product business, figure out how to work on what you love day to day. Yeah, great advice. There's going to be days that you hate it, but overall, so much better. Because the thing is, right, that any kind of success takes a lot of hard work and passion and something you love is the thing that's going to make you sit up all night, drink too much coffee while your wife and daughter are sleeping and actually produce some code, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's what's going to make me sit here and figure out why this new feature that I personally want doesn't work. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I think I think it's kind of a continuation of the first one. Is by building something that I really like and that I utilize myself allows me to really focus on it, which inherently makes it a better product. Good products 
attract new customers. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, one of the most common answers to this question is do good work. <laughs> Which is I, well, just, I think it's really true. It's really obvious and really simple, but it's sitting right there. It's you know, you know. I actually don't think it's as I don't think it's as simple as a lot of as we think about. It. Once we figure out that that's what the answer is, absolutely. Yeah. But for anybody who hasn't figured that that out, they're they're sitting there struggling day to day. How do I get new clients? How yeah. do I get new customers? Yeah. Well, and the answer is build a great site for one person. Yeah. Build a great product for one customer, and it will grow. Yeah, it's easy. It might grow slowly, but it will grow. That's right. It's easy when you know how. It's really it's easy to reverse engineer success, isn't it? But yeah. it's really difficult to predict it. Yeah, absolutely. How do you stop competing on price? I don't. <laughs> I don't worry about competing on price. Uh, uh, I price everything for for myself on what I think it is, uh, or what my my team and I agree that it should be. Uh, absolutely, we look at other people, we look at competitors, and see what they're pricing. Uh, just as an example, when we launched Affiliate WP, uh, we priced it at forty nine. Uh, 89, I think, and and 199. Uh, and to be honest, I don't have the uh, any idea what the prices of the other affiliate plugins are. Mm. No idea whatsoever because we priced it for ourselves. We priced it for the features that we built into it. We priced mm. it for the product that we built and what we would personally pay and what we felt was a fair price. Mm. Um, and you know what? We actually haven't had a single customer come to us and say, "Well, these guys are this. Why should I pay you ten dollars more or yeah, X number dollars more?" Uh, sidebar to the elevation round. Do you think overall that WordPress plugins and themes are too cheap? Yes. Hmm. Um, as a perfect example, I recently paid, I think, $52 for, or something like that, for a plugin that simply allows you to review post and like, like give it a, like a star rating, like one through five. And I thought it was brilliant. Um, and it's absolutely worth that because it worked really, really well. It was super reliable, had great support, et cetera. That's more than Gravity Forms is. Yeah. And Gravity Forms is extremely powerful. Yeah. Now, if we compare those two, we can say, well, there's no way this is worth $50 and this is worth $39. Mm. Well, I don't, the thing is, we shouldn't be comparing on this. We should be looking at the overall value that this particular item has given us. That's so, right. yeah, overall, I think they are too cheap. Yeah. It's, a, it's worth what someone's prepared to pay for it. I was at a web dev meetup recently where there are a whole bunch of Drupal guys there. And you know, I was telling them we have a plug-in business, and they said, "What does it do?" And I said, "This is what it does." And how much do you charge? I said twenty-four dollars a month. And they said, "I." Oh. And then I said, "That's for unlimited sites." And they just fell off their chair laughing at me. It's like, dude, like you just would like if that was in the Drupal seat, no one would buy it. That we would think it was terrible at twenty-four dollars a month. We would just laugh at it. We wouldn't even pay for it, you know, because it's not a thousand dollars or yeah. five thousand or whatever whatever they are. Yeah, uh, it it is really interesting that the, the prices are so dictated by the mentality in the community and, and the mm. expectations. I remember talking to someone at WordCamp Chicago at the after party, and they were sent, telling me that how they had worked in government, and they were building websites for government. And they said, look, if we don't name a price of over a million dollars, they don't even look at the project yeah. because clearly it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Now, I, I think that's really, really wrong, but it is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's perception, is it? Were you at WordCamp Chicago, were you? Not this last year, the year before. Ah, gotcha. I was going to say, I would have been bummed if we were both there and we didn't have a drink together. Yeah. Um, all right, back into the elevation round. Any tips on writing better proposals? Better proposals? Hmm. Um, I actually have not written a proposal in quite a while, but uh, there's a couple of things that I can think about. Uh, number one, make sure you specify exactly what you are going to build or what you're proposing that you build uh, and maybe even how you're going to build it. Uh, work out your prices and don't just give... Let's say you're building a $5,000 project. 
don't just say $5,000. Actually break it down and explain where some of those costs are so that if you discover, oh, I need five extra hours of development, you can very easily explain why you need X more dollars. It's because you don't have quite enough development, but you have enough in, say, software licensing fees. Um, just be clear. Nice. Don't, don't, don't try and avoid anything. Favorite tool or system for CRM? Um, I don't know if it's exactly considered a CRM, but it would be Ronin app. Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's more, I'd say it's actually more of like a, a freelancer's tool for, for, for invoicing, for task lists, things like that. How do you, uh, how but do you it spell does, that? it does absolutely Ronin, like, uh, like a Japanese warrior, R O N I N A P P.com. Gotcha. So it's, I mean, it's not really exactly a CRM. Um, personally, I've actually never used a true CRM. Right. So that's my best answer for you. <laughs> Ronan app, excellent. Well, there's another shiny widget that will distract me this afternoon. Thank you very much. Um, what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Talk to them consistently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, whether this is, whether we're talking clients or we're talking about a product, communication is absolutely key. Uh, the last thing, the the worst thing for me, uh, and actually experienced this pretty recently, is talking to somebody saying, all right, great, we have a, a two-week deadline or we're going to have this done by now, and I don't hear for you from you for two weeks. I would like to hear from you. Personally, you can send me an email every single day if you want. Mm. Uh, but the point is talk, uh, communicate, and even if it's just to say, I got this and this done, we still have this to go. Or I ran into this problem, I got sidetracked. I ran into a problem and it's going to take me a few more hours. Uh, it doesn't matter. Constant updates. Yep. Any ideas for getting referrals? Do good work and be nice. <laughs> uh, I, think it's, I think it's really true. Uh, we've already talked about the good, do good work, but I think be nice is something that a lot of people forget about. Yeah. Whether you're doing customer work or, I mean, whether you're working in customer support or you're working with, directly with clients, uh, being a nice person to work with, being fun and polite and just overall a nice person to work with is huge. Mm. Uh, if I have a bad experience working with you because I don't like your attitude, I'm not going to be very interested in telling someone else to work with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, and vice versa. Yep. Good advice. And I think, you know, nothing, I mean, I'm, I come from a development background, so I think I'm allowed to say this, but developers, I think, particularly are really good at just shooting off one or two word answers. And, yep. you know, instead of signing off with, you know, have a great day or if there's anything else we can do to help, you know, just those little touches that keep it a bit more personal. Absolutely. I definitely learned that the hard way because I mean, as, as a developer that tends to not have as much human interaction as some people, I did get very used to shooting off those two-word answers. Uh, that may have been perfectly polite, but they, don't, they are not perceived that way. Yep. And the perception is huge, especially on the, online when you can't just feel, feel the emotions of the other person. You yep. have to make sure that you're really expressing those clearly. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Final question in the elevation round. What's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think this, I don't know if this is a good answer or not, but I think not really focus on what other people are doing <laughs> and spend more time focusing on what you are doing and what you want to build. I, I see a lot of people that try and or a lot of people spending time saying well this person is doing this and this person is doing this or this company is doing this why don't you just build something instead like start building something 
Because honestly, the fact you building this or you working on this project, whatever it is, that's going to draw my attention to you far more than you talking about, well, we have somebody over here doing this and somebody over here doing this. Just get it going. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a great answer for differentiating yourself, but I think it's a good way to get attention. I think it is, and it reminds me of um, the first Pressnomics where, where I first met you, and the fir- I think the first speaker on day one was Corey Miller, and his whole presentation was about telling your story and ignoring everyone else because everyone else yeah. is just telling their story. You just tell your story; everything else is noise, and I, that just resonated with me so much because he's a smart man. He is, you know what? And it's also it's really easy to be intimidated by people in the WordPress space because we're such a tight knit community. It's really easy to be intimidated by other people having lots of success, right? So when you when you you know you first meet people who are like the rock stars of the industry or whatever, and you go, wow, you know you know, they're so successful and they're knocking it out of the park and they've got all these fans and blah, 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 blah. And you kind of get caught up in that. And I think what I got from Corey's presentation was, you know, there'll always be someone who looks up to you and you'll always have people that you look up to. So just be yourself, tell your story and ignore everything else. It's just noise. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, That's the Elevation Round. Uh, What is the future for easy digital downloads? Where do you think uh, EDD and affiliate WP and RCP for that matter, where do you think this will all be in 12 months time? Um, in 12 months time, I'm hoping that each one of them is going to be more polished and easier to use. Uh, beyond that kind of depends on, on what gets thrown at us, what we decide to work on, uh, in a little bit more specific for affiliate WP, I'm really excited to get ready to launch a new version. Uh, and one of the things that we're launching alongside that is integration directly with Stripe so that you can pay your affiliates via Stripe, which will be kind of cool. Um, with easy digital downloads, it's a lot of refinement. Uh, right now, I'm really interested in refining things, making things better, both for the user, behind the scenes, and all the way around as a product. I think we spent the last two years getting to the point where we're more or less feature rich, and we have most of the features that we need, and now we just need to make things better hmm. and make it easier to use. Any plans on, I mean, it's the obvious question for me, any plans on taking everything you've got and kind of building one behemoth, like, you know, entreport infusion WP kind of thing? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Why not, Pippin? Come on, please. Why not? (laughs) Uh, I like small chunks. Right. I had uh, a, a great, great developer that I've always looked up to for a long time said something that really resonated with me a few years ago. And he said, Break your projects and your code base into the smallest chunks possible. Uh, the smaller the chunk, the easier it is to manage. Mm. And and that was related to the code base, but I think it absolutely applies to the, to the products and the overall things that you're offering. If you can focus on one task and try to focus on that task really, really well, it's going to be a much easier project to manage. Mm. And I think that applies to everything. Uh, if I mean, yeah, we could absolutely roll affiliate WP, RCP, and EDD into one giant product or service, but it would become an absolute nightmare to manage because there's so many moving parts. Yeah, uh, it'd be like running a country. <laughs> no thanks. Well, it depends on the country, you know. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, competition details. As I mentioned before, Pippin is giving away an unlimited license of EDD. No, you're not. You're giving away an unlimited license of Affiliate WP. And what else? 
an affiliate, uh, unlimited license for RCP. RCP, Restrict Content Pro. Unlimited license of Restrict Content Pro and an unlimited license of Affiliate WP. Um, now, what we spoke about this uh, off camera. You want to know the number one thing that people have done to increase conversion. So explain that to us. Right. So let me give you an example. A couple of months ago, I started playing with some A-B testing on my checkout screen for when people actually go through the final process of purchasing. And I discovered that if I took my checkout width from about 1,000 pixels or so for about a full screen width down to 600 pixels or 500 pixels just on the checkout screen, I discovered that that increased conversion rate by about 3%. Wow. Just that one little tiny change. And so I would love to know whether, whether it's in your code base or if you're not a developer, it could be any other aspect. What have you done that you found increased conversion rates? It doesn't have to be with e-commerce. I mean, it could be it could be signups, it could be people submitting your contact form or surveys or anything. Basically, the step the process of somebody going from step one on the form on the page to finally hitting the submit button on whatever it is. What is one thing that you've done that made that more successful? And you said before, accept uh, clever marketing, right? Yeah. Because here's something we've done recently in-house that I think is working. The jury's still out, but I, I know that it's working. I see the results coming through. Is that uh, instead of just pushing out an email to you know, promote a new version of something, what we do is we push out an email and we ask people who are interested in this new thing that we're going to push out, and then we get them to respond, essentially lead generating into our own database. And they say, yes, I'm interested in that. Then we just send the original email out to those people who expressed interest and that rapidly increases conversions because hmm. you're not wasting a bunch of emails on people who aren't interested. Interesting. Hmm. You can have that one. <laughs> that, that's a good one. I'm going to have to take that. And then like a week later, we launch it to the whole database anyway, right? But it's like right. that first week, we huh. just launch it to people who have said, yes, I'm interested in it. But that's cool. not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is what you can do, what you've done on page or on the checkout or on the sign-up form, what you've done that's increased conversions. Leave your comment underneath the video and I'll get Pippin to, and even maybe leave us a link to a, a site or something you've done. I'll get Pippin to swing by in a couple of weeks and uh, award the prize. Sound good? Yep, sounds great. Awesome. I've got uh, one quick question for you. What's with the mascot? <laughs> I wanted something that would be memorable. Uh -huh. uh, basically, I... It absolutely means nothing. There is no <laughs> meaning whatsoever behind the little blue monster or the little red monster. Right. Uh, I, when I first started creating e easy digital downloads, uh, my, my brother was actually involved with creating an iOS game uh -huh. that had, had a whole bunch of little monsters that were running around eating sheep. Uh, <laughs> and, and I just remember seeing them. I was like, hey, those guys are pretty cute. And it, something clicked. I was like, you know, I'd like to have a mascot for this product that I'm, that I'm working on that I plan to work on for the next X number of years because I like the idea of having something just that's fun, something that gives a little bit of life to it and something that is memorable. Everyone who sees it remembers the little blue monster. They don't necessarily remember what he represents, but they remember him. And, and honestly, that triggering that memory, I think is really, really important because people see it, they mm. see it six months later, they come back. I saw that somewhere. Yeah, what was yeah. that little guy about? Yeah, yeah. And then other people are just like, oh, he's fun. He's cute. Yeah. Do, you, do you do any remarketing at all? I, I do a little tiny bit. It's definitely something I'm more interested in looking into here in the very near future. Uh, at the moment, I haven't done much. Do you, are you going to use the monster in remarketing? Because that's the, the obvious thing for me is just to have that little Absolutely. monster follow you around. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He, he follows me everywhere. Does he have a name? One. Yeah, his name is Ed. Ed. So the blue one is Ed. Uh -huh. uh, of course. And, the, the red one, it's this little guy. 
his name is Alf. Of course. Yeah. EDD, there might be another EDD one coming at some point soon. EDD and affiliate WP, right? Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. This is probably going to be one of the longest interviews we've done, so I do really appreciate your time. I wish you all the best for everything that you're doing, man. I'm sure everything you turn your hand to will be a success. Uh, where can people reach out and say thanks? Uh, the easiest way to find me is pippinspluggins.com. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you're not sure how to spell Pippin, just Google search it and you'll find me. Awesome. Pippinspluggins.com. Uh, and by the way, uh, thanks for the plugin course. To every time we employ a developer, the first thing we do is we put them through the, the Plugin 101 course. So much hey, appre- that's fantastic much, to hear. Much appreciated that. Finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why? Uh, the person I would recommend is Jonathan Christopher. Uh, he is a developer working on a plugin called SearchWP. Uh-huh. He also uh, runs a couple of other things that he works on. He is the co-owner of a company called Iron to Iron. Uh, he is a phenomenal developer and is definitely someone that's going to be that you should pay attention to and watch in the next couple of years. He's doing some really cool things. Cool, Jonathan. I think we use SearchWP. Jonathan Christopher from SearchWP. Yep. Uh, Jonathan, courtesy of Pippin, I'm coming to get you. Keep your eyes on your inbox. And Pippin, I will let you know when that interview is live and up on the site. Sure thing. Awesome. Hey, thanks again, man. I wish you all the best for the future and uh, take care. Troy, thanks so much. Cheers, man. I hope you enjoyed meeting Pippin Williamson as much as I did. I learned a lot in that episode of the podcast and I'm very inspired. Pippin's very focused, very passionate, obviously loves what he does and uh, we can all learn a lot from watching Pippin's success. Uh, Of course, this episode is sponsored by Video User Manuals, the first, the original, the only way, the best way to teach your clients how to use WordPress, WooCommerce and SEO by Yoast. Uh, It puts 60 video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard and you can get it for $1 for your first month to take it for a spin, install it on some client sites and see the true power of this plugin. This is the first time we've actually done anything uh, crazy with the, you know, the first month trial period. So uh, take advantage of this because we're not sure if it's going to last. So get your first month I mean, the plugin will last, but we're not sure if this offer is going to last. Take um, it for a spin for $1 for your first month, of course, then it is $24 a month after that to install it on as many client sites as you like. And if you're listening to this podcast, I would strongly urge that you take advantage of that because the price is about to go up. Anyway, please also subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash subscribe. Uh, By the way, you can get all the details on the video user manuals plugin at wpelevation.com slash vum. Uh, All of the show notes and everything related to this episode with Pippin will be at wpelevation.com slash Pippin Williamson. It's P-I-P-P-I-N and then Williamson just as you think it would be spelt. No no underscores, spaces or hyphens and all lowercase or one word. Uh, Also leave your comment underneath the video and tell us the number one thing you have done to increase conversions on your site for your chance to win either an unlimited license of Restrict Content Pro valued at $155 or an unlimited license of Affiliate WP valued at $199 courtesy of Pippin. Next week on the podcast, uh, now I did have this up and now I can't remember. Oh, yes, that's right. Next week, we have Jason Swank, uh, who's got a product called the Agency Playbook. Jason Swank uh, had a web design agency, built it. It was a massive success, sold it. He now teaches agencies um, how to run a successful agency. 
Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to have Jason Swank on the podcast. I'm looking forward to learning a lot from him and picking his brain. Join us next week on that podcast. Until next time, go, go over to iTunes, uh, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us come up in the search results. Or get on over to Stitcher Radio and leave us a review there. Uh, and at some point, go outside, get away from the computer, stretch and breathe in some fresh air. Until next time, I've been Troy Dean. Please go elevate.